Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kimmock with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And apparently, there's a lot to matter because today we're going to talk about how American history is being redefined and being fed to American students who haven't had the benefit of living out history, but who are being fed a different version of American history based on the state that they live in. We're going to find out where that is happening, why that is so, and what can we do about it? I mean, is it fair? Is, is it something that we want our students to know? Should uh, partisan politics influence history? And so we want to talk to this about, uh, and we want to talk about this so that we can can actually have a discourse and a discussion. I invite your participation as usual. You can go to my webpage, HarrietCamac.com. You can also view my landing page on Google, as well as you can find me on a variety of social media platforms. Thank you so much for choosing us this morning. And of course, I'm not paying attention to the impeachment because I think it's a fallacy and a farce. I respect the Constitution, and I respect the fact that we are pursuing democracy. I I admire that about our country. I love that. I really admire that, that we we elect someone, we don't like him after a while, then we want to pursue it constitutionally with the constitutional authority as directed by what our Constitution says. It says a lot about us as a country, doesn't it? It says that we don't just engage in, oh, I don't like him, get rid of him, off, off here, off here. No, we pursue it because we recognize that the person who was elected was elected by the people. Right? We're not going to get into the semantics of popular vote and so on, just reflecting the wish and the will of the people. It's still government of the people, by the people, for the people, and that's what we love. It gives you and I the freedom of the freedom to engage with one another in a discourse that protects what we believe, but is also respectful, right? And at the end of the day, we're still going to shake hands and we're still going to defend with everything in us, the constitution of the United States, and we're still going to defend this nation. Of all the countries in the world that I've been to, this, this here, right here, is the best. And the fact that it is the best is why we can talk about it. Because we're still tweaking it to make sure that it is reflective of the desires of the people and that it continues to reflect all of those who have paid the price so that you and I can sit here today. And as we sit here to talk about this, I want to give a shout out to my friends in the military, to my brothers. I don't think I have a brother in the military, but I have a cousin. My brother retired from the United States Navy about six or seven years ago, almost 10 years ago now. But I still have cousins who serve in the armed forces. So I want to give a shout out to all the men and women who serve that while you're on the front line, prepared to defend us at any cost, prepared to defend us, even if it costs you. I just want to say thank you for your service, for your courage, 
And for those who have served, who are vets, I encourage all of us to help to take care of them when they return from war and when they return from areas that have had conflict. I also want to give a shout out to our politicians, those who are elected, those whom we like, we elected them, went to the polls, and they're ardently representing us based on their passion and their own perspective. I invite all of us to respect people's views, respect their perspective, respect how they feel. That's how they feel. Enjoy the discourse, but respect it. This is how they feel. That's why you voted for them. You liked what they said. Respect the process. We can disagree healthily, but it doesn't mean that we have to engage in name-calling and tearing people down. I just don't like what you said. It's better to say, I don't agree with it. But it doesn't mean I dislike you because at the end of the day, when old glory starts waving, we all kind of just get up on our old glory and just look up at the old glory like, yeah, this is what it is, right? So I respect and I love this great country very much because this country has done a lot for me, right? But I was seeking justice and I was seeking uh, fairness. This was the country that gave me freedom. This was the country that delivered me from abuse and violence. This was the country where I could go in as a woman and I could get a restraining order and I could get divorced from an abusive man who under another system felt like I couldn't get anywhere. I couldn't get a judge to sign off on a restraining order. So this, now you understand my passion for the United States. Now you understand. Now you know, right? So when I talk about what's happening in our country, uh, now you know why I take it so, right? So today I want to talk about something that is of interest to me and that is of concern in some way because as a viewer of history, that's who we all are, we tend to want to make sure that the history that we read is recorded. See, now that we have this, the Internet and social media, we're beginning, this generation, certainly people like me, Generation X, Generation Y, and definitely Generation Z, are beginning to question the veracity and accuracy of what they're reading in textbooks, and with good reason, because now we know that what we have come to accept as history was actually written by the winner. The winner wrote history to reflect his own point of view, his own perspective. So now that we are, we are here and we understand what is being written in American textbooks that are being given to American students about American history, we want to make sure that it is accurate and that it is verified and that the people who, as of today, who will read this, who are coming up, will get the accurate picture of history. Naturally, it is from that perspective and a concern when I read and realized that American history, as presented in textbooks across the country, is different. I can't understand that. That in some states, based on partisan politics, history is rewritten. And naturally, It disenfranchises marginalized groups of people, of which I'm one. It puts a whole different uh, flavor and changes the accuracy of events, which tells me that maybe 20 years from now, 30 years from now, certainly 50 years from now, they're probably going to rewrite history to write out the, 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 the efforts 
that others have contributed that probably are going to rewrite history to make it seem like Barack Obama was never the president, that it was actually a white man named Joe Biden. And they're probably going to rewrite that Martin Luther King was a white man. I don't know. If, the, if right now, while we're alive, underneath the radar, they are rewriting history to reflect their own perspective, well, what, why, why, it, it's not far-fetched to believe that they are going to rewrite history to write out the parts of history that does not reflect their own agenda. Right? Take a look at, uh, I'm, in, in this scenario, I'm looking at uh, California and Texas. Now, California tends to be liberal. They tend to be just quite across the board. Texas is ultra-conservative, right? Because they're ultra-conservative, they want American history to reflect their own partisan perspective. They give not a care to the accuracy nor the veracity or the contribution of people of color. So they want to rewrite history to take out the word the words that imply and convey the meaning of what truly happened. So naturally, the contributions of Native Americans, the first people who occupied the land before the rest of us got here. Some of us got here by plane. Most of you got here by bus. By, I'm sorry, by boat. So maybe you got here by bus, driving over from Canada or Mexico. I don't know. Most of us, the rest of us in modern times, got here by plane. Right? Whatever, it doesn't matter what method or mode of travel that brought you here. The fact is you're here. That's the history. So I hope when they're collecting history, all these things that people are doing with Ancestor.com and DNA.com and so on, I hope it's being collated to reflect the true composite of the American diaspora. I mean, it's wide and varied. There are people who are multi, multi ethnic. And their contributions are not negated because they're ethnic. For instance, I want to bring this to your attention. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to you because this is a direct quote. Listen to this. The Bill of Rights in California textbook explains a ruling on the Second Amendment to reflect some gun control regulations. The Texas edition of the Bill of Rights in the same history book is a white space. Listen to this. Teenagers in both states will learn about the Harlem Renaissance, for instance, and its impact on black American life. But in the Texas edition, listen to this. It says that some critics dismiss the quality of literature produced. That's not even true. They just put that in because they want to discredit African-American literature. Okay. Uh, conservatives want schools to promote patriotism, which is white supremacy, the influence of Christianity, and celebrate the founding fathers. Meanwhile, the left wants students to counter history from the ground up with a focus on marginalized people. So you, we both are fighting. What's the end game? Can history just reflect how it happened? Can it just say that Martin Luther King was a black man who didn't like to be oppressed and didn't like his people to be oppressed, and so he changed? Can it just say that the Harlem Renaissance was black American culture emerging and writing books for their own culture that reflected their own culture, their own history, without 
the benefit of without white supremacy interfering? Can it just record what it is? I don't want the left or the right to be involved in the curating of history. I just want it to be history. Can it just be what it is? Right? That's really what I want. I don't want it to just be, well, this group came up with that, that group came up with that, and so they're both fighting. No. Can it just be history? Is it too much to ask that American history textbooks, that American students are given the benefit, are told the truth with accuracy and veracity of exactly what happened? So in a few, by, by the year 2070, do you realize that today, this is the year 2020, in 80 years, someone born this year will live to see the next millennium start, 3,000. Do you realize that, right? Because in the year, it's 80 years from now. Think about that. Think about that, right? So every 100 years, we start a new, okay, right? So why 3K will be in the year 20, it will be in the year 3,000. Yeah, we're going to start that one. Now think about this. Don't you want, by the year 3,000, you and I won't be alive. <laughs> That's 80 more years. As much as I want to live long, it's a stretch. <laughs> That's adding a quite a bit more to it, right? But think about it. In the year 3,000, don't we want American history to reflect you and I? that you and I made a contribution? Don't you want it to reflect us in, in our glory, in what we are? Not a pasted collection, not a white over, not a black over, but just what you are. Just you show up and identify, this is me, this is my contribution. Why shouldn't American students who don't know, because they weren't alive when these events took place, they did not exist when these events took place. Why are they not being given the benefit of the doubt? Why are they not being exposed to what is true and what is real? Why should American history be rewritten? So much so that students, can you believe that? Now, I'm going to set the stage for you and tell you something. I must have told you, you might not have been on a previous broadcast, but Two years ago, in 2018, my daughter was attending a college in, the, in, in Indiana, right? And she had to transfer back to Michigan to complete that portion of her education. And I had to have a chat with the president of the university. And I had to talk with them, and they gave me, he, he said something that to this day I remain flabbergasted about. And he says, he said, across the country, school districts are changing. There are more brown students who are coming into school districts like California, Texas, Florida, New Mexico, especially California and Texas. They're the two largest school districts of the country. That's where they see the greatest number of brown students coming in. Because of that, education now is focused, education that was based on a predominantly white population has had to shift and make changes to accommodate new languages. Spanish has had to shift to reflect the culture of these new, new students. They don't like that. So the people who are graduating high school and are matriculating to college are no longer predominantly white. 
also they're seeing a drop in college admission rates amongst white students. When that began to be noticeable, that's when they all got together in a little room and decided they had to do something about it. So these new students are integrating into the American way of life. They are learning American history because they nor their ancestors didn't live it because they were not here. So they're learning about American culture kind of secondhand the way most of us might have learned it because they didn't have any skin in the game because their parents and grandparents and ancestors were not here. Do you see what I'm saying? But they have affinity to it because they were born here, right? And maybe, just maybe, there might be some lineage that they can trace to, as evidenced by people like me from the Caribbean who have, who can trace our lineage back to the same people who came over from Africa and Europe. They might, some of them might have stopped in America, and then they kept in touch. Because, you know, the planners, the, the, the people who own plantations down south regularly went to the Caribbean and brought people back and forth, brought their slaves back and forth. Right? So when you look at it, there's this immersion in American culture, a kind of baptism by fire that these new immigrants and citizens are facing. These new immigrants are facing this immersion, this deep cultural immersion, and sort of a baptism by fire because they didn't live it. It wasn't their experience. But it, it has become a way of life. So for them to understand the American way of life, they're reading it third party. They're observing it through films from Hollywood and now Atlanta Wood. Are we going to call it ATL Hood or something? Tyler Perry Studios and all down in Atlanta? Are we going to call it something else? We have to come up with a name for that, right? So now they're seeing American culture. They're, while they're in it, they're observing kind of much like the way the other group of immigrants lived it. It's the same thing. It's just that the world has changed. People from Europe are not emigrating to America anymore because Europe is stable. They don't have wars. So I created the European Union so they wouldn't go to war with one another, except our good friends over on the other side who are predominantly, you know, they wear red and they have red as their symbol. You know what I'm talking about. Our good friend, Brother Putin, right? So now we don't have immigrants from Europe anymore. We have immigrants from the Americas. They're mixed. They're brown. They're integrating and immersing into the American culture. What an introduction they're getting when they're re if they're in California. So a student who has relatives in California is reading a different set of history, the same event, just given a different perspective than the student in Texas. Now, here's the thing. This is not different sets of history books. These are history books written by the same authors yeah, published by the same publisher due to libel and so on. I can't say their names, and I don't want to give them credit either on my broadcast because they suck. They have in order – because, see, the problem is that we're now entering a digital world. In order to compete, these publishers have succumbed to the influence of partisan politics to get their books into, into schools, they have to comply with what people say. So how this is curated and who determines what goes in the books, 
a group of people get into a conference room and they, based on the state they live in. So let's look at Texas. They're ultra conservative and they're partisan. They want their own perspective placed, influence on the text that is written about American history. Sucks. No, that's not correct. That's not correct. Then you go over to California. They're going to give their own interpretation to kind of make it sound like, well, we're all kind of one. That's not accurate either. Do you see what I'm saying? Some folks are saying some stuff here. History is being erased. Thank you, my friend. History is being erased and students are being brainwashed by university gulags. Hallelujah to the land. (laughs) Seriously. And so everybody, there's nothing wrong with promoting patriotism, but at whose expense? It's, It's promoting patriotism at whose expense? Who are patriots? People who walk around with flags and who want to assert their Second Amendment rights like in Virginia and walk around and start firing shots into the air and walk around with a flag that is a distasteful part of our history that was used to subjugate and enslave people. I'm not proud of that. That's the kind of history they want written. Nothing is wrong with celebrating and acknowledging the contributions of the people who paid for their life and sat down in a room and said, we're going to overthrow the monarchy from England. We don't want them here to determine how we live here. That's what freedom and liberty is all about. Those are tenets of the American way of life. That's what we believe. That's our foundation. We believe that. But I also don't believe that you're going to tell me about a part of Christianity that's going to, because that's what they did to me, to tell me that I should listen to my husband who was beating me up. No, I want you to talk. If you're going to promote Christianity, I want you to promote the part of Christianity where Jesus said, love one another. I don't want you to just go write something in a book where men, fathers have sex with their daughters and incest is a problem where you're going to tell some child that they should not consider having an abortion after rape. And especially when incest has happened. You know what is incest? Brother having sex with his sister and the family shut up and say nothing. Fathers having sex with their daughters. Uncles having sex with their nieces. Cousins having sex with their cousins. We got to do better. This is why we are here now. We have this opportunity to influence the process. What can you do? Well, what we have found is that according to the report that I read, what is written in history books is influenced, you're not going to believe it, by state law. It's influenced by social studies and state state laws. At that intersection, here comes education. Is it even correct? Right? Is it even correct? Come on now. You were in the military, but you fly the American flag on your house, go to church on Sunday, and live like the devil. <laughs> I guess you wanted me to laugh at that, right? But aren't we all sinners fallen short of the glory of God, though? We need Jesus. That's why you go back to church on Sunday so he can, even for one day, you feel like you did something, right? Well, you're good. It just demonstrates you need Jesus more, right? But think about it. And I'm a little bit concerned about this because I know how Texas can be. 
the state of Texas, school districts across the state of Texas right now are brown. They don't want to tell you because then it becomes a partisan issue and it looks racist and ethnic. Do you see what I'm saying? But school districts across Texas are brown. They don't like that. Not only are school districts brown from grades K through 12, but so are colleges. The incredible thing is that America, Hispanic Americans don't find themselves written in history. And you have to wonder why that is so, because Texas was once a part of Mexico. So there have always been Hispanic folks living in Texas who were born there for generations. And the same is true for California. Why are they not reflected? And why is their story not written in the pages of American history? Just like Native Americans. All we ever read about them were that they were Indians who were savages. You remember that? That's what we read about in textbooks. And they lived out under the stars with the, in a tent, and they were nomads, nomadic because they just wandered from place to place. They didn't do anything. They ate snakes, chopped up snakes. That's what history, that's what I read. Why isn't it, why aren't they reflected as contributors to the American fabric and tapestry? That's what makes us American. You ever thought about that? Let's look at black Americans. That fight will not end. Why are black Americans disadvantaged? And they're the ones who built the commerce of the South. Their ancestors built the commerce of the South. But what you read about in history makes it sound like lynchings never happened and that slavery was a choice. That black people elected to come across the Atlantic and paid white people to come over here. That is wrong. This is why it's important to have the correct version of history. Because pretty soon they're going to change it to say that slavery didn't happen. It was a figment of someone's imagination. Jim Crow didn't happen. Black people chose to live that way. If we're not careful, this is what could happen. So now that you all know, you're going to go start finding out what on earth is being written in American history textbooks that my ancestors are not reflected there. By the year 2040, you know what's going to happen? The minority community will be the majority of community. We're going to have a mixture of minorities comprised of Hispanics first and Blacks. They, we will be the primary minority groups that form the majority of the population. For the first time in American history and American way of life and society, whites will become the minority. That is absolutely frightening. This is why you're seeing more white people becoming billionaires, because hopefully they can do something. No, they can't. The numbers speak for themselves. White people are just simply 
for the last 40 or 50 years never had enough children. They just didn't. They never had enough children. Meanwhile, immigrants were coming in. Do you see now the pushback against immigration? Right? And so now that you understand that, it becomes even more important to record history correctly. Like, I wouldn't want my descendants to learn that they didn't know where I came from and that I just suddenly appeared. I wouldn't want it to be colored any other way than how it is written, how it happened. This is why I tell my children that in this digital age, make sure everything about me is being captured so when the pages of history are written, it correctly reflects what happened. (laughs) It's the truth. Just so you know that the digital archives have captured every tweet. I saw a recent story where they colored out the parts of the, the Women's March on Washington where it, it uh, 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 disapproved of the president. That's changing history to reflect what you want. That's not true. The digital archive should be shot because they copy everybody else's tweets. So 100 years from now, when people who are alive will be looking at us, I want it to correctly reflect. It should reflect correctly exactly what happened, not somebody else's version based on their own political perspective. It should be exactly what happened. The Harlem Renaissance was a thing because people wanted to express themselves literally and We should also keep a record of great Hispanic American and their Hispanic American contribution to the American way of life. What is wrong with that? We should celebrate historical figures. We should not try to erase them. That is not, is that the American way now? Did we change overnight? I'm just saying I had a nightmare last night that all of a sudden we were all speaking Russian. So I'm 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 kind of worried there, because that was a nightmare. I woke up sweating like, because <sighs> I I know I can't speak Russian. It's it's not in my lingual lingual. You know I can't I can't, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I do say hablo español. I did learn Spanish and German in in high school, in in college rather. The brief time I went to college, seriously, <laughs> right? But do you see what I'm saying? We've got to be able to have the correct version of history. And for some reason, it's almost as if nobody wants that. So they get people together in a room, and these people are reflective of what the politicians who control the Board of Education in every state. It's that that group of people who choose what gets recorded when they're reviewing the textbooks that American students read. I didn't even know such a thing happened. I didn't know that. I thought it was written as it was. I didn't know you had a group of people who were the editors and who had the power to change the events to reflect their own beliefs. And a lot of people live in Texas. A lot of brown and black people live in Texas, but they're not on the board. They're not on the Board of Education that is reviewing what American students in Texas are reading about American history. I guarantee you that when I put this on my Facebook page, if I were to ask some folks in Texas who have children, 
in Texas school districts, it, the thought never occurred to them. They do, they are registered to vote, they vote and so on, but nobody would know that. Would anyone know that? Would anyone know that? Do you see where I'm coming from? And because, and this is the thing with us, we have an election to, to, to a sort of, we have an election to take care of. You know what is our election? We have to choose. That's our choice. But we don't choose to. We would rather be inundated and we allow our social media timelines that are actually history, right? They are informative. We allow those to be flooded with news on entertainment and stuff that does not impact the culture. But we don't choose to listen or read information that empowers us or notifies us that a fundamental shift has taken place. We would much rather be involved in the lifestyles of viewing others. We have become a nation of warriors. You've been to Insta- on, my, on my Instagram feed lately. I mean, I had to literally go through my Instagram feed and change whose stuff was showing up on my timeline. I, I realized, I said, wait a minute, there are too many people who are celebrities on here posting junk about what faiths live or what they, their lifestyle is. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear stuff about real people's lives and their struggles and what they do to overcome the adversities that beset them. I want to hear from business people who are struggling in business and who are building their businesses or inherited a family business. I don't want to hear about you going to buy a $1,200 purse or read about you taking off on some vacation. I'm tired of that stuff. I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want that. I want to know, are you impacting the culture positively? What are you doing from your vantage point? What are you doing to improve the lives of the people around you? to improve and impact the people's lives. I don't want to see you trying a new makeup, a new lipstick. If I want that, I can watch cable TV all I want and see some new advertisements. I want to see what is being done to improve education, what is being done to take people off the streets. I just saw something on Twitter where the where HUD, the Housing and Urban Development, headed by an African-American black man who was raised by a single mother in Detroit who knew poverty, is changing fair housing practices that is going to marginalize his very own people. He's not an Uncle Tom. He's an idiot. Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson, a respected man whom we revered, has become an idiot. How can you change housing policies that are going to hurt the people who look like you? I've never understood that. Help me to understand that, y'all. I've never understood how are you going to create policies and support policies that hurt people who look like you. I have never understood it. Help me. Maybe that's why I'm not in politics because I could not do stuff like that. Dr. Ben Carson is about to change housing policies that is going to continue to marginalize the people who look like him. And he's sitting there with a smile on his face. Like Dr. Ben Carson, wipe that smile off your face and get back to the business of representing the people. If you can't do that, give it up. Go back into private practice. Go back into private life. But you can't accept a political appointment and then hurt the people who look like you. You, you what is the point 
of the struggles of the people who came up from the South to seek a better way of life, push through racism even in the North, and to make sure that you have a way out, and now this is what you do? Because you want to sip mimosas? We all can sip mimosas. Just go down to the party store and buy buy some, uh, what do you call it, some champagne and mix it with some oranges. You got a mimosa right there. I've never understood that. This is what I'm talking about when I reference how American history is being rewritten. Because he is, in fact, looking like a fool rewriting American history right there. He should be representing the people who looks like him, who look like him. And this is true of all politicians. They, they, they tend to forget once they get elected. They forget the people who look like them and who elected them. I told you about the governor of Michigan, right, who everybody thought people voted for her because they were tired of Snyder after Snyder created Flint. But she's no different. One of the things she did was to take money out of charter schools, hurting the very same people who elected her. Even the Republicans had to say, whoa, girl, stop. That's not cool. She's going to be a one-term governor. Because that was ridiculous. Because she's looking at her own self. And she's thinking, those policies don't affect anyone I know. Hello, somebody. So the people who are rewriting, because that's what they're doing, the history is being erased right on our watch. So somebody born in 2020, 80 years from now, will see the dawn of a new millennium, will not have a clue what happened in the previous millennium. They will not know because it's going to be a different history as what we have lived and seen. There are people who are alive today, very few of them are less, who were with Dr. Martin Luther King. One of them is John Lewis. I am so glad. He's sick now. I pray for his healing and health because he was there in the struggle. So is Andrew Young and a few others. But the people who came after that have done just as well to keep the flame going. It's the same thing in the Hispanic community. They have their freedom fighters. They had to fight in Hollywood just as well. Miranda, what we refer to as Miranda Wright, came out of a Hispanic American woman who was arrested and who insisted on having her rights. If you don't Mirandize someone today, you can throw the, if you are attempting to get a conviction or the arrest out. Where is it recorded? How, how can we change that? It's not fair, is it? It's not fair at all. We've got to do a better job. We've got to insist. This is why I say we do not have the luxury of sitting idly by because history is being written as we speak. We don't have that luxury. We've got to be engaged. You've got to be proactive. It's not something that you can do just by sitting and watching CNN or Fox or MSNBC or whatever people watch and just say, wow, hmm, wow, and then go have a chat with your spouse and have a chat with your friends. No, you've got to get involved. You've got to get to the point where you actually make a difference because history, as we know it, is being rewritten and it's not reflecting the truth of the events that took place. And if it is not reflective of the truth, here's the thing. Then can you imagine what really happened to 300 years ago? 
how do we know that amongst what we call the founding fathers, they weren't black and brown people? How do we know that? How do we know that Native Americans were not part of that consortium who agreed that, yeah, we need to get rid of the people across the pond because why should we pay taxes to them over there when we can build this in the great land? How do we know? Because history is written by the winners. And the winner is exactly. Hello. So now, if they're rewriting history based on partisan perspectives, it's up to us now. I am questioning everything that was ever written. I don't believe any of it. Because in the same way that a group of people got together in a hotel room and decided to rewrite it and change it, it's the same thing they did 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago. I don't even believe William Shakespeare wrote all that. I think he got some help and put his name on it. I'm just saying. Because if this is what they're doing today, while we have digital files, while we have social media, while we have more information than we know what to do with, imagine what they did 100, 200 years ago. So everything is up for grabs. Because now I can't believe in your integrity that you are writing the history as it happened. You probably are writing your perspective, what you believe, right? And what you think it should have been. And guess what? That is not reflective of marginalized people. That is not reflective. What if somebody was a freedom fighter, but he was poor? He was still white, but he was poor. So you're not going to write about him? Because you've got to realize that the people who sat in that room, the founding fathers, Ben Franklin and so on, they were all rich people. There was not one poor man in there. For In that day and time, for you to sit in a room to talk, you, were, you had land and you had commerce. What does that tell you? It tells you that history is a lie. That everything that we've been told to believe, maybe that's not the real way it happened. Because right now on our watch, they're rewriting history in American textbooks to reflect their partisan perspective. You still want me to believe that the founding fathers were all white men. What about the women who were there? You, they didn't say something. Ben Franklin's wife didn't say, but honey, none of those people, the women didn't say something or do something. They didn't have other people who contributed. You really think that's how it was? And if now today, where we, they didn't have film or recordings then, they could only write stuff. Today, we have filmography. We have videography. We have audiography. So you can write it and film it and view it. And they're still trying to change it by deleting and editing it out parts of it so that what remains is what they want. Hello, somebody. We got some work to do, y'all. Do we ever? <laughs> do we ever? We got stuff to do. When next you come across somebody running, a politician running, you should have a list of things you want to ask. But don't wait for that because he's just going to, he, he barely is going to, he's just there to shake your hand to get your vote. The meaningful way, go on his Facebook page and start asking questions. And you will see a change will take place. A change has come. 
Like I told you, I had a nightmare last night about all of us speaking Russian. That's not a good place. I don't want that. Right? It was not good. It was a nightmare. And it needs to remain a nightmare. But we need to make sure that our record of history reflects what is true, what is real, what is uplifting, and what reflects the contributions of history makers in this our great nation. There is no other country on the face of the earth like this one. We promote the ideal of freedom and liberty for the individual. If that is the case, let those freedom fighters be reflected. Not because, don't delete and erase them because they don't reflect your party's opinion. But let their contribution remain as they contribute to the tapestry and the fabric of this great nation. There might be somebody reading 80 years from now, 60 years from now, who say, I want to grow up to be like that person. That person impressed me. People who are alive today, let their stories be reflected in the history of their own nation. Let their story, let them see somebody who looks like them, sounds like them with a similar background so that they can say, wow, I too have a place. When you're calling people to arms and you're calling people to defend the country, they have to ask, what am I defending? Is this a country that believes in me? Is this a country that, that supports people who look and sound like me? You want them to do so with all impunity. They're saying, I would do anything for my country because my country is me. I can't tell you enough how much America means to me. There are never enough words. A couple months ago, I was speaking in a forum, and I teared up when I thought about it. You can't play the national anthem around me. It will make me cry. Because every time I hear it, I remember it stirs something in me. I remember when I had to run for my freedom, that the only place, I don't know how I knew that this was the place. Everybody told me this was the place. But I knew that once I got here, I would find the freedom of the individual that I was seeking. Guess what? I did. I found it in a courthouse in Florida. I was set free. No more did I have to contend with the chains of abuse and violence that typified my life. I obtained that freedom. I had such freedom. I could come to the city of Detroit. I could come to a place called Michigan, cold like you wouldn't believe, and still pursue what I thought was what I was supposed to do. You can't take that away from me. You can't, but I want the history. There are other contributors. It's not just white men. There were white women. There were Hispanic men, Hispanic women. There were Native American men and women. There were black men and women. I want their contributions to be written in the pages of history so that my descendants can identify and say, look, there we are. This is the prototype of who we are. This is what the flag represents. This is the rug. This is the tapestry of what we look like and sound like. Come on. This is the greatest nation. Can we continue to be great? Look at us. We're living it out. We keep tweaking our democracy, pushing the boundaries publicly 
showing it to the whole world that we're striving for a level of idealism that is reflective of who we think we are and what we want our place to be. That is what we're doing. When you look at the impeachment trial, that's what we're, we're tweaking it. We're pushing it. We're demonstrating to the world, this is what we believe. We believe in democracy. This is how it should look and work like. Pushing the boundaries of it. I'm so proud to be here and to live here. I'm so proud. But I want the history to reflect the contributions of the unsung heroes. Not just the ones whose names appear on the money, but the ones who don't appear on the money, but still influence and contributed to this great culture. My name is Harriet Kimmock. I host this podcast called Down to Earth, in which we talk about the issues that matter. I'm so grateful you took time out this morning to hear me. I encourage you to continue to support my podcast and listen as we continue to talk about the issues that matter. I also encourage you to go and ask your representatives, what's going on with our textbooks? How is American history being reflected to the generations that will come after this? I am so glad I get to be a part of this. I get to be a part of this discussion. I'm enthusiastic about what will come. I'm enthusiastic about what our great nation is like and what we will look like, what we're going to do with what we have. And I encourage my friends and my brothers and sisters in the American military, I want to wrap my arms around you. I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of our politicians who are bold and you stand up every day. I'm proud of you all. I love you and I want to support you and I want you to know that we love you and we support you in everything you do. All of you. Whether I don't care what you are. I don't care which party you belong to. You're all the same to me. You are bold and you are strong and you are standing there and you're defending what you believe. And I'm proud of you, my listeners, because you are a part of this. You too are part of this history. I love you all. Be blessed, everybody. It's Weird Teal Thursday. Can you see the teal? This is my mom's necklace, but don't talk about that. Yeah, the jewelry and my mom's stuff. But it's Weird Teal Thursday. It's Weird Teal Thursday. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. Be blessed. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Thank you so much for being a part of my experience this morning. And I just want to tell you, go to my website and go to my page on Anchor FM, support this podcast so we can continue to bring you more stories about the issues that matter. Thanks so much, everybody. Listen to me on all the major podcast platforms. Thank you. Be blessed. This is Down to Earth. Hi. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.